What's happening, everybody? On today's show, a couple of SEC football coaches talking with the media on Monday. We'll let you know what uh, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, and Josh Heupel had to say. And some thoughts on Auburn's new quarterback. LSU is headed to the White House. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over in Athens as Kirby Smart on a speaking tour. The uh, Georgia head coach wrote a new book along with a longtime radio sideline reporter Lauren Smith about the team that won the national championship at the end of 2021. The book's called How About Them Dogs? The Inside Story of Georgia Football's 2021 National Championship Season. Uh, this book is scheduled to come out on June 1st. Kind of funny how that works. Like, it takes a while to write a book. Uh, in the meantime, while they're working on that book, Georgia went and won another national championship, so it kind of changes up some of the storylines. But Kirby making the media rounds. He was on Atlanta Sports Radio 680, the fan, uh, yesterday, and he was asked about the pressure that comes with a team looking to win a third straight national championship. Kirby said, look, no greater pressure than it was last year. Every year is independent of the previous. You start from scratch. You look at your team. You do the best job you can. You probably need a little luck, just like we had against Ohio State late. But at the end of the day, I could be sitting here and we lost the game. I still think we would have had a successful season. Certainly success is measured by rings and championships, but internally we measure it on do we get the most out of our team and we're going to do the same thing this year. It's a great point. I mean, look, if Georgia loses that game late against Ohio State, you know, one or two plays go Ohio State's way. C.J. Stroud, maybe we're talking about him as a national champion and talking about Georgia coming up short. So you do have to have some luck. Um, Talking about the book, Kirby Smart said it was difficult to find time to, you know, share quotes and stories and talk about the book. Um, he said so. Lauren Smith had to travel with him to off-season speaking engagements, and uh, they worked on the book together like that. He said it brought a lot of people in the national cheap championship. So many people impacted it. He said he put these vignettes, and he gave so much credit to so many people. I think our players did a great job. We talked to him. Uh, the book's just an inside look at kind of being on the inside of our national championship run. Uh, we did a fabulous job with the book, but uh, we did spend a lot of time putting a lot of the stories into it. So I'll be curious to read it. I'll check it out. Um, again, coming out in just a couple of weeks, Kirby Smart's book on the uh, national championship in 2021. Keep, uh, keep you posted on if they do one on the 2022 season. Meanwhile, over at Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher speaking with the media yesterday, and one of the questions he was asked referred to areas of need that Texas A&M is going to have this offseason. Uh, he said the whole team is essentially an area of need. He said you go and get the best available players you think can help you win a championship or play well and have a good football team. Guys want, want to be uh, don't want to be guys just to add depth. They want to come and play. That creates competition, and competition makes you better. That's a great thing about it. Of course, the Aggies 
went five and seven last year, did not reach a bowl game, but they did have some nice wins. Obviously, they beat uh, Miami, they beat Arkansas, and uh, beat LSU to finish off the season. So, you know, some notable wins last year. Now, Jimbo last night was at the Houston Touchdown Club, that same group where Brian Kelly spoke recently and you know made headlines saying, yeah, we enjoyed beating Alabama, and everybody jumped all over that as, oh, my God, taking a shot at Saban. Well, last night, Jimbo Fisher asked by a fan, keep in mind, talking to his fan base, a room full of Aggies, Jimbo was asked um, if he's going to beat Nick Saban this year. And Jimbo Fisher said, look, I'm with you on that. We should have beat them a year ago. We will. I'm sleeping well right now. I promise you. So, not a direct shot at Saban. He's just saying, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna beat Alabama." Didn't say this year or when that'll be, but uh, nonetheless, it's. Uh, I'll understand some all those touchdown club groups where they meet with the fans. It's just to fire up the fan base. Uh, it's nothing more than that. Uh, a few other notes on what Jimbo had to say. Former Colorado State and Boston College running back David Bailey going to join the Aggies this season. Uh, that was the first we've heard of that, Jimbo Fisher mentioning that last night. So keep an eye on running back David Bailey joining the Aggie running back room. Now, as far as uh, other running backs in the room, there's sophomore running back Levian Moss. Jimbo saying Levian is going to be a high, a high draft pick, I'll tell you that. So keep an eye on Levian Moss. You know, Is he going to be part of that rotation of backs this season? Uh, Jimbo finished the night saying, we will have a good football team beat the hell out of everybody of course that's the a m motto every week whoever they play beat the hell out of whoever uh and then lastly coaches making the rounds josh heupel he appeared on 99 won the sports animal yesterday uh over there in tennessee talked about his team this offseason the guys asked heupel about stressing an improvement in defense this season heupel said he thought they defended the run very well last year, made some strides, but he said the key was getting more scholarship players in after being decimated by the transfer portal when he got on campus. He said they've added a lot more length in competition and said they actually have depth on the defense this year. He said the standard is to play for championships, and the only way they can do that is, do that is if they play elite defense, and Josh Heupel believes the Vols are ready to take that step defensively. Now, also, Heupel was asked about what he's seen from his quarterback, Joe Milton. He said uh, Milton is a guy who's become a leader in the program. Supported Hendon Hooker last year, stepped into that role late in the year, and has grown in the system, has been very efficient, good pocket presence, was very accurate throughout the spring, and said they have high expectations for him. Uh, one more Tennessee note. Offense coordinator Joey Halsey, uh, Halsley rather, was uh, on a – Tennessee show Vol Club Confidential yesterday and was talking about the offense. He said, look, the standard for this offense is to be the best offense in the country. That's not a graphic tagline. That's how we feel. That's what we do. The guys that we have, we feel that we should go out and execute and be the best offense in the country. Keep in mind, last year's Vol offense led Division One FBS in scoring at 46 points per game. The team also led the country in total yards per game at 525. Now, can they repeat that? It's going to be tough, but again, Joey Halsley says that's not just a throwaway line. That's what our goal is this year. So we'll see if Joe Milton and company can do it. And there you have it. That's the latest, uh, at least going on with some of the coaches. we got more tidbits, including some news with Auburn coming up in just a second. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day.
Now, a quick message for our friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during these NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. They got great promotions going on every day. Of course, the app is safe and secure and easy to use, and you get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. It's real easy to do. You just go to uh, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Along here, Locked On SEC. A quick note for our everydayers. Check us out tomorrow. We're going to be running through um, 24-7 Sports, put out some of the early bowl projections. I'm going to tell you why I think the Big Ten's getting two teams in this year and the SEC's only getting one. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. But uh, for now, I want to jump back into it as we uh, continue to go around the conference with some news. Just a little newsy tidbits we've... Uh, been picking up going all around the conference and uh, now we stop off in the plains of Auburn as we talk about Auburn's new quarterback Peyton Thorne who uh, announced just a couple days ago he is going from Michigan State over to Auburn and the former Michigan State quarterback uh, of course comes off a disappointing season there at uh, Michigan State where they went five and seven last year but he appeared in 29 games for the Spartans become the starting quarterback in 2021 Helped the team win 16 games in his time there. And look, despite a lackluster season last year, he did throw for over 2,600 yards, 19 touchdown passes. And his experience can be very beneficial for Auburn, according to an anonymous Big Ten defensive coordinator on three sports, talked with a Big Ten DC and said that Thorne is way better than he got credit for. Uh, he said he's athletic, tough, competitive. I think he played hurt last year. I was worried about his ability to, pl- to keep plays alive with his athleticism and his mobility, and I really liked him. So, look, I think it's kind of understood. Peyton Thorne's got a really good chance to go in there and be Auburn's starting quarterback from day one. All he's got to do is beat out Holden Gearer and Robbie Ashford. And sounds like he's got all the tools and the skills to run the Hugh Free system, along with Philip Montgomery as the O.C., so excited to see what Peyton Thorne is going to do this year. But uh, you heard it. It's got a little mobility as well. See how that plays in. Now, Auburn also adding a little bit to their uh, offensive line. A little more. Uh, Jaden Muskrat is the latest transfer commitment for Auburn. And going to have some familiarity. He comes to Auburn after three seasons in Tulsa, where his former head coach was Philip Montgomery. He is now the offensive coordinator under Hugh Freeze at Auburn. Uh, Jane Muskrat, he is the second former Tulsa lineman to transfer to Auburn, joining Dylan Wade. Uh, he played in 20 games over his first three seasons, started 11 games at right tackle last season, and uh, transfer portal opened up for undergrad entry. Muskrat announced he was going to head elsewhere. He had offers uh, from a ton of SEC schools, but he's now Auburn's fourth transfer portal in the last week, joining Jalen McLeod, Peyton Thorne, and wide receiver Caleb Burton. So, 
Hugh Freeze not resting on his laurels with what they saw in the spring. He is adding piece after piece after piece. Now, a quick note on um, on Auburn. Paul Feinbaum was on Jocks FM in Birmingham this week and was asked about some of the new pieces that Auburn has added. Feinbaum said, I think Auburn fans should be jumping for joy. He said, last week was great. The quarterback pickup, you could quibble about his production at Michigan State, but at the worst, he's an alternative. He's an option. And at best, he's your starter with a lot of experience. Uh, he went on to say that you know, all the offseason stuff and the perception of Hugh Freeze's hiring and how some people kind of question it, Feinbaum said, none of that matters anymore. This is a great time for Auburn. Finally, the malaise of the Brian Harson era has ended. Last couple years of, of Gus Malzahn prior to that. I think Auburn's in a really good place. And whether they make a run this year up toward the middle of the pack, I don't know. But I feel certain this is a bowl team. And that's all you can really hope for in Hugh Freeze's first season. So that's kind of how I feel, right? I mean, the expectations for Auburn this year should be show improvement, see some signs of life in that offense, maybe win a game you're not supposed to, get the six wins, go to a bowl game, and build upon that. That that would be, to me, if I'm an Auburn fan, that's the floor. Now, the ceiling could be a little bit higher. If things click, you win a couple, a couple more games you're not supposed to, you're ahead of schedule, yeah, Auburn can maybe get to eight, nine wins if, if, if all the cards fall their way. So it'll be fun to see what happens with Hugh Freeze and company. And one more thought from Paul Feinbaum. He was asked about the Alabama baseball issue and firing Brad Bohannon after the betting scandal and all that stuff. Feinbaum said, look, this athletic department looks really bad right now. There's a very dark cloud hovering over the Alabama Athletic Department, and people for the first time are questioning the leadership of the man in charge, Greg Byrne. He said until recently, he was considered among the top people in that realm. I uh, talked about the Brandon Miller situation, obviously with the basketball season. He said overall, there just seems to be a lot of questions. I know some of it sounds extreme because this is someone, by all accounts, has done a very good job and is very popular, but these things can change quickly, and all I'm saying is we need to hear from Greg Byrne. We need a full accounting from him at some point not specifically about Brad Bohannon, but Alabama fans and I think people around this program want to feel good about their program. And right now, a lot of people do not. So, again, that was just Paul Feinbaum's thoughts on the state of the Alabama program. Um, continuing to go kind of around the conference, we head over to Ole Miss now as Lane Kiffin looking to still add some pieces in the transfer portal. On Monday, it was reported that Michigan State wide receiver Keon Coleman is visiting Oxford this week to check out Ole Miss. Of course, Giffen loses Chris Marshall after being dismissed a couple of days ago. Coleman could really fit in and fill that void at Ole Miss. And it's had a nice run of wide receivers in recent years. Coleman had 58 catches for almost 800 yards and seven touchdowns last season. Became Michigan State's uh, wide receiver one, even with uh, Jaden Reed, who went in the second round of the draft playing a good bit of the games. Coleman has nice size. He's from the SEC territory as a Louisiana native. So we will see. A lot of Florida State fans think that, that they could end up picking him up, but we'll see where Keon Coleman ends up. But he will visit Ole Miss this week. And one more Ole Miss note. Former Ole Miss uh, player J.J. Hawkins was a defensive end at Ole Miss he committed to play for Deion Sanders at Colorado on Monday. He was a three-star D-line prospect in the class of 2021, entered the uh, transfer portal, and officially announced he is going to play for Deion up at Colorado. 
And, man, there's been a lot of SEC guys going to jump into uh, onto uh, Dion's roster up there at Colorado. So we'll see what happens there. And one more note here, uh, football note, we should say. Colin Hurley, who is an LSU quarterback commit for 2024, he earned an invite to the Elite 11 Finals. Invitation was announced this week, welcoming him in. The Elite 11 has become one of the most prolific quarterback competitions in the country. Uh, Hurley, like we said, a four-star recruit, committed to LSU in November. He's ranked number 13 in the 2024 class, so we'll get to see what he looks like in the Elite 11. And there you have it. There you have it. That is the latest going on around the conference. When we come back, a quick uh, softball nugget, and then we'll tell you about the LSU ladies heading up to the White House. That's coming your way in just a sec. All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. And look, I'm a big uh, SEC baseball fan and SEC softball fan, and fun to see that the SEC softball uh, tournament is going to be getting underway, and uh, they have put out the bracket. So it is uh, officially getting underway today, and um, bracket's been finalized. Tennessee Lady Vols, they sit atop the bracket with the – number one seed while the Georgia Lady Bulldogs take the number two seed. Auburn and Arkansas round out the number three and number four seeds. Of course, Tennessee earned the number one seed after clinching the regular season championship for the second time in program history. Georgia finished their season going 39-12, and 16-7 and in SEC play. So number 13 seed Mizzou and number 12 seed Mississippi State, they will kick things off today. And the uh, championship game will be held this Saturday. The tournament played in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Be televised on SEC Network. The SEC championship, like we said, is on Saturday. Uh, Arkansas is the defending champion. And you know, even though they're the four seed, they're playing in, in their backyard. So a chance for them to go out and make some noise. But uh, Mississippi State, Missouri today. And then uh, we'll get underway tomorrow with LSU playing Miss, AM playing South Carolina, Florida playing Kentucky, and Alabama will play the winner of Mississippi State, Missouri. So uh, we'll keep you up to date on that. But fun week if you're um, you know looking for something to watch throughout the week. SEC softball tournament, always fun because, look, all these teams have been ranked for so much of this year. They've beat up on each other, and I think we're going to get a lot of SEC teams punching their ticket to the postseason here very soon. And just one more note before we uh, – Call to show, LSU has set a date for their trip to the White House. According to uh, Scott Rabelais, the Lady Tigers will visit the White House Friday, May 26th. Uh, they will meet with President Joe Biden and uh, First Lady, and they will have a ceremony honoring their national championship after beating Iowa 102-85 last month. Of course, Angel Reese broke the NCAA single-season record for double-doubles in their win. She was named the tournament's most outstanding player. She's picked up all these big NIL deals and I believe is just behind Livy Dunn in terms of the second most uh, profitable NIL female athlete in all of college sports. So really cool stuff for her. 
and uh, they're going to be honoring the UConn men as well. So it's kind of a combo, men and women. But uh, congrats to Kim Mulkey and her Lady Tigers having a fantastic season, uh, arriving ahead of schedule, winning the championship in her, just her second year there in Baton Rouge. And now they're going to get to go uh, celebrate and uh, have the White House celebration. But I uh, wonder if Kim Mulkey's going to send a note to the UConn men team and say, hey, send this message back to Gino. Tell him we're coming. Uh, Gino Oriema and UConn women, they've kind of taken a little bit of a slide backward here with the success of Dawn Staley at South Carolina and now Kim Mulkey at LSU. Hey, let's get an all-SEC championship next year. What do you say? Is that a little South Carolina against LSU? All right, that's going to do it uh, for us here on Locked on SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. I don't know why our video, if you're watching on YouTube, just like went out of focus. But uh, nonetheless, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Every dayers, check us out tomorrow on the show. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you tomorrow.